Welcome back to another episode of the Jacob Johnston Show. There's no special announcements or program notes up front, so let's go ahead and dive into this week's headlines. And we're going to start off this week with a story that shows that the Democrats are just as clueless about inflation and economics as they are about gender. So as you know, the Democrats passed a bill that they called the Inflation Reduction Act, an Orwellian-named bill that does nothing to address inflation. In fact, it makes inflation worse. In the end, the Inflation Reduction Act is nothing more than an attempt to implement the Green New Deal and, more to the point, launder taxpayer funds through their donors back into their campaign coffers. So what do I mean by this? Well, the Daily Wire reports Biden inflation bill made $7,500 electric vehicle tax credit. Ford and GM just raised their prices by the same amount, which is what we get into when we talk about the third-party payer problem, which is when you have a third party spending money that's not theirs on something, they neither care about the cost or quality. And the provider has no problems raising prices beyond the value of what they're offering because they know you're not the one paying for it. Someone else is. And the person who is paying for it doesn't care about cost or quality. So the article reads, as the Democrats force Americans to go green, automakers are going even greener. Ford and General Motors unveiled price increases for their electric vehicle lineups as the Inflation Reduction Act, which includes electric vehicle tax credits, is slated to become law. Citing significant material cost increases and other factors, geez, I wonder what those other factors could be. Ford's announcement revealed price hikes between $6,000 and $8,500 for its electric vehicle, the F-150 Lightning Pro. For example, will sell for $46,974, a $7,000 increase from the $39,947 charged for last year's model. GM likewise increased the cost of its electric Hummer by $6,250 last month. So what does this mean? Well, as far as it goes for consumers, that tax credit doesn't reduce the cost of electric vehicles because the electric vehicle makers took a look at that tax credit and go, oh, guess what? We can raise our prices. Now, as far as the consumer goes, they break even, but we get more money. And that's what happens. And that's what happens all the time when the Democrats pass all of these spending bills. You know, and what happens a lot of times when tax credits are passed and so forth is that it doesn't ever reduce the cost of anything. This is just like what we've seen in the universities, public universities, you know, because of the increased funding for education, whether that's through Pell Grants or through the availability of loans, the universities see all that money and they calculate on average how much a borrower will be able to borrow or get in Pell Grants in order to pay for a college education. And so the universities then raise their prices up which forces the borrower to borrow that amount rather than saying, okay, yeah, they have access to more money to borrow and more Pell Grants 
and the costs didn't change. So we'll just keep costs exactly as they are so that more people can afford to go to college and graduate with less and less debt. Instead of that, they go, oh, guess what? They got access to more money they can borrow. Let's raise our prices because we want to capture as much of that money as possible. That way we can increase our own salaries. That way we can build that new building that has nothing to do with education. And we see this throughout the university. And so it's no surprise to anybody that as the Democrats with their Orwellian named Inflation Reduction Act give out tax credits to incentivize people to buy electric vehicles, the electric vehicle makers raise their prices by the exact same amount as the tax credit in order to capture more money and to the consumer, nothing actually changed. And of course, the amount of money that is that the prices are being increased by, you can always count on the fact that these companies are then going to turn around and take about half of the increased profit that they are now able to pocket and funnel it back into the campaign coffers of the Democrats, to which most Democrats will just use as their own private slush fund, at least outside of an election year. During an election year, they're going to use it to buy ads in order to get reelected so that they can funnel more money through their donors back into their campaign coffers, money that is collected by taxpayers. And so when I see stories like this, what frustrates me the most is that this is an end around run around the First Amendment. Now, some of you may be going, how is this a First Amendment issue? Well, it's the First Amendment issue based off of freedom of association, freedom of political speech. Now, when the government goes off and takes my money and calls it taxes and then funnels the money that they take from me back into their own campaign coffers by utilizing a third party, then they are forcing me to fund a political group that I disagree with. You understand how that goes? You know, it's just like when people are being forced to join a union and the union dues are not used for, you know, promoting better work environment, better pay for the employees or anything that the union claims that they are there for, but instead collects union dues and then uses that forced contribution to pay for Democrat campaigns when the member themselves may be a Republican. Well, that is forcing them to fund a political movement, a political ideology, a political party that they disagree with, and they have no choice. If they want to keep their job, they have to pay those dues, knowing that it's going to go to fund people that they politically disagree with. So, which is another reason why the Democrats love unions, not because they actually do anything for the workers, because instead it is a forced payment contribution to the Democrat Party, which is a violation of the First Amendment because you are being forced to fund what you disagree with. Now, I get that some people are going, well, everyone's got to pay taxes. Everyone's got to chip in to pay for the government. And while that is true, you know, that we should all be paying our fair share, you know, of course, the Democrats never define what the fair share is, but 
for services that the government are constitutionally required to provide, like security, law enforcement. The Democrats, on the other hand, they don't see it that way. They believe the power of taxation is the power to force contributions to the Democrat Party through funneling through a third party, like these automakers, or like Planned Parenthood, or name your other left-wing agenda-promoting organization. You know, and by funneling the money like any other money launderer, they can claim that, oh, no, 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 your taxpayers' uh, money is not being used to fund Democrat campaigns. Oh, no. So, I mean, we use it to fund the priorities of government. And then, you know, people contribute to us because they agree with that. Where instead, the reality is, they're using the power of government to take our money, funnel it through a group that promotes their agenda and priority, and the group takes the money that they receive from government and send it back to the campaign coffers. It's a whole money laundering op- operation designed to use taxpayer funds for Democrat elections, forcing you, who may be a Republican, to fund the Democrats. And it's sickening how they get away with it each and every time. And what do the Democrats do with the money that you are forced to contribute to their campaign? When they win, they do things like this. Next article. National Archives Museum is now a shrine to the hard left, thanks to bureaucrats behind FBI Trump rate. Oh, yes, they use their power that they get from your forced contributions to them in order to attack the country. The article reads, The National Archives Museum, home of the Declaration of Independence and Constitution, now puts woke ideology like critical race theory and the 1619 Project alongside the nation's founding principles. The gift shop sells the 1619 Project book, which, despite historians overwhelmingly rejecting of its premise, claims the colonialists fought for independence from Britain to preserve slavery in not just one, but multiple locations. One bookshelf in the gift shop store consists of titles like, Who Was Harvey Milk? What is Juneteenth? Who is Michelle Obama? And I am Sonia Sotomayor. Visitors to the museum first enter the David M. Rubenstein Gallery, sponsored by a hedge fund magnate who bought the Magna Carta and at whose Nantucket home Joe Biden stayed last year. Hmm. Americans of African descent were barred from exercising the rights guaranteed to all citizens, says a sign near the front, with additional text explaining that slaves built the White House. Next is a section titled Reproductive Rights, which say that Margaret Sanger, the eugenicist founder of abortion provider Planned Parenthood, was a nurse who dedicated herself to women's rights struggles. And it just goes on and on. Now, when it gets down to it, uh, despite a heavy focus and paraphernalia about black Americans who had little to do with American history, one black man who did was conspicuously absent. When asked whether there was anything about Clarence Thomas, the clerk looked confused. 
We've got a kid's book about the Supreme Court that has Clarence Thomas in it, but we don't have anything about Clarence Thomas. And there you go. The National Archives Museum, which, by the way, the National Archives is what's being used as an excuse for the raid on President Trump, has turned the National Archives into a propaganda machine. You know, we already know that the 1619 Project is debunked. Critical race theory is a load of crap that's only designed to promote hatred and racism. They, they claim that in the 1619 Project that we broke away from Britain in order to preserve slavery was complete junk. And then when we go through and take a look at African-American descent, people were barred from exercising rights guaranteed to all citizens, not across the entire country. They were able to exercise the rights of citizens in the North, in the North where conservatives dominated at the time. It was only in Democrat-controlled areas. So they edit history, leave out very important details, and basically they're promote mostly lies and the lie on lies based off of half truth. And they're doing this as an extension of the propaganda in school. After all, you know, if you have kids grade K through 12 being told something in the school that is a complete lie, you know, indoctrination rather than education, and then they reinforce those lies through what was once considered legitimate institutions with credibility that they have now stacked with a bunch of frauds and liars and who utilizes those institutions in order to continue the promotion of their lies, well, then it starts seeming like, oh, there must be some legitimacy to it. It's not just, you know, the school saying it, but it's the national government that is saying it now. Oh, and then there's a science agency that will make a claim, you know, the institution of science that was once considered credible, but, and the Nobel Prize winners are all saying this. See, this is what they do. They corrupt institutions in order to try and give themselves a sense of credibility, false credibility. And then, of course, when they are called out on their lies, they'll go, well, it's not just me. It's XYZ institutions that back what I say. And this is why you know the Democrats love this tactic of, you know, whenever they're called out on their lies, they don't have to worry because they can make a false appeal to what is supposed to be authority, authoritative knowledge. They corrupt these institutions in order to create an echo chamber of lies. And then, of course, the echo chamber uh, continues online. Oh, you know, the National Archives says this, or hey, this institution says blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you know, pick your pick your topic, pick your propaganda. That's what they do. They don't care if we, the current generation, knows what they're doing. That what they are doing is a complete and total fraud, a lie. Their entire goal is to overthrow the Constitution of the United States to eliminate democracy. The only way they can do that is to convince people to hate the country, to hate their rights and freedoms to hate the idea of equality and democracy. So in order to do that, they got to shine those ideas. You know, freedom, democracy, and individual liberty guaranteed by the Constitution, 
They got to frame that as evil, horrible, but authoritarianism and under communist rule, that is equality. That is utopia for them. Uh, And it all goes back to ideological subversion. And every time I see an article that shows ideological subversion in action, I'm going to highlight that so you know what's going on. Just like, you know, how ideological subversion was at the heart and soul of the Operation Mockingbird Project. You know, the idea of using the entertainment industry to push radical changes in cultural thinking, to normalize radical extremism and to take, you know, basic, you know, universal uh, beliefs, foundations, values, and make those seem radical. You know, the complete dipsy-doo flipperoo that the Democrats are trying to do, where in order to get you to go along with their authoritarian agenda, they got to warp the entire sense of reality. And they do that through the school. They do that through the media and entertainment industry. And now they're doing it through once credible, once you know, uh, valued and once believed institutions and just corrupting them to push their agenda. And the more institutions that they are able to corrupt with a bunch of fraud and liars, the more they can engage in the false appeal to authoritative knowledge, authoritative institutions in order to push their agenda, when in reality, it's a circle jerk. And that's what really an echo chamber, ah, for some reason I can't talk, but that is basically what an echo chamber is for the left. It's a circle jerk. They make a claim. And then they each repeat the claim, citing each other, but there isn't any source information that provides any evidence for the claim that they're making. It's just, oh, well, it's not just me. This institution says it. And they're going, well, it's not just us. It's this institution as well. It's a complete circle jerk. And it's all designed for ideological subversion to trap you in an echo chamber in hopes that you do not question what they say that you just mindlessly accept it. And it's not just for the weak-minded of those who are being ideologically subverted you know, through the school system today, but their real prize is on future generations. You know, They might not be able to convince enough of the current generation, but as ideological subversion works, is that each succeeding generation is more subverted than the previous one. And that's all they care about. They're taking a look at the long-term goal, the long-term aim of ousting the Constitution and all of our rights. And they do have patience, although some of them are starting to lose their patience because we on the right keep finding more and more ways to get around their censorship and propaganda machines to get the truth out there. And the truth is always more powerful than a lie, which is why, despite them having Hollywood, the fake news network, the public schools, and all of these institutions, their lies continue to get debunked and the truth still manages to get out there in face of all of that. Because our truth, you know, the truth is more powerful than all the lies of these inst- of these various institutions and organizations combined. 
Now, given that the National Archives has become nothing more than a propaganda machine for the promotion of the woke ideology, is it any wonder that the National Archives was used as the basis to justify the raid on President Trump's home? Remember, that was the initial justification, that he held documents that belonged to the National Archives, and therefore they had no choice but to go in and raid his home in order to retrieve those documents. Now, of course, we know that as time goes on and the left's narrative is, well, pointed out for the complete crap that it is, they've had to since modify their claims, but that was the initial justification. Now, the Department of Justice is doing everything that they can to prevent the release of their justification for raiding Trump's home. They don't want to release the warrant. Then they had to. Then they didn't want to release the affidavit you know, that stated the reason for their probable cause to raid Trump's home. They don't want to. They don't want to release the information because for two reasons. One, as long as you don't know what they actually used as a justification, it becomes hard to debunk because you don't know what it is you're debunking because they won't tell you why it is they felt like they were justified and had reason to believe that there was something being held at Mar-a-Lago that they needed to raid in order to retrieve. See, the more they're able to keep everything shrouded in darkness and secret, the harder it is to call them out for being the frauds and liars that they are, because you don't even know what the lie is anymore. You don't know what the basis for the raid is. And this gets in uh, to the story here uh, from the Red State. Uh, titled, Jonathan Turley Takes DOJ Apart for Latest Leak on Why FBI Raided Trump. Attorney General Merrick Garland moved to block the unsealing of the affidavit, which would reveal the reason the FBI raided President Trump's home. The claim was that they didn't want to release the affidavit to, because they didn't want to prejudice the investigation. But even if they wanted to preserve the investigation, they could still redact part and or Garland could just give the rationale for the raid without revealing the rest of the investigation. That is, if he cared about transparency and wanted to reassure the public that this wasn't all political. But he hasn't done that. While Garland is trying to keep the affidavit under wraps, we're seeing leaks right and left from the FBI to the media, with stories such as the one in the New York Times claiming that officials saw things on surveillance security tapes that alarmed them, and that there might be more materials that hadn't been turned over yet. So while the DOJ and the FBI are blocking the release of what they swore to a judge, they're leaking things that they want to be leaked out to the media. And who knows whether there's any reality to any of it. No one gets in trouble for lying to the media or spreading nonsense to them, but it's typical that they do so anyways. What does it even mean when they say they saw things that alarmed them? That's like random reports about nuclear things. It's nonsense until there are real facts on the table and not unconfirmed leaks. And remember, they did this with the whole Trump-Russia, right? Where they claimed to have all this evidence about Trump 
having colluded with Russia in order to win the 2016 election. But we couldn't see what the actual evidence was. Then we saw the Steele dossier, which was quickly debunked, but they said, no, 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 that's not the entirety of it. There's all these other things that we have that support the Trump-Russia collusion narrative. And we would see all of these leaks. Oh, an anonymous source with the Department of Justice. Oh, the anonymous source with the FBI or CIA say this, that, and the other thing. And we're supposed to trust it because it's a source with these agencies, or so they claim. And yet, it all turned out to be a work of fiction, a complete and total lie. But as long as they can go off and say, hey, there's an ongoing investigation, so we cannot release what we have to the public for transparency's sake, because, you know, it's an ongoing investigation. And when it comes to Trump, the ongoing investigation is indefinite, indefinite so long as there is a possibility that he will once again run for president of the United States. It's only once the possibility of him running for president is gone, will the investigation stop. And so we are blocked access to any possible evidence that they might have or claim to have. You know, we cannot see it because of an ongoing investigation. Meanwhile, these very same people that say they can't release anything because of the ongoing investigation are constantly going off to the media and spreading whatever it is they want to claim. They want to be able to say, oh, we found this. Oh, hey, there's evidence of that. And there's no way to actually verify because they can say and make up whatever they want. And because they are inside, you know, they're investigators, they're in the department, they are sources close to the investigation. You know, the idea is that whatever they say is credible because they are part of these agencies. However, we're not allowed to see any evidence to determine whether or not what they are saying has any truth or merit to it. They did this entire sham during the Trump-Russia investigation. They did it during the first and the second impeachment hoax, where they claim to have all this evidence, but they can't release it because of the investigation. Then they spread rumors through the media about what they claim that they have evidence alluding to. And then when it was all said and done, when everything was completed, when they could no longer keep the investigation going because they had nothing and nothing with which to prosecute people for. I mean, if you have an investigation going on for years and you haven't made a single arrest or prosecuted a single person, people start to question it. But at the end of each of them, we find out that all these leaks to the media was nothing but propaganda and misinformation, that they never had anything, and that it's just a politically motivated investigation, and that the raid on President Trump had nothing to do with the National Archives or our top secret information or the Espionage Act. It was a general warrant, unconstitutionally issued, because general warrants are unconstitutional, for the only purpose of raiding President Trump's home, taking everything that they could, uh, could uh, communications with attorneys and any privileged and confidential communications that they could in hopes that they come up with a crime, in hopes that they find something to prosecute. 
And see, this is why general warrants are unconstitutional, because they're not investigations of a crime trying to find the people involved. They're investigating specific people hoping to find a crime. And of course, the FBI has a reputation uh, that, as was proven in the Trump-Russia hoax, that they will manufacture evidence, doctor documents, you know, alter documents in order to create so-called evidence in order to support their investigation. So in the end, even if this whole general warrant, which is unconstitutional, did manage to find something after all these years of investigating him, found something, no matter how little it is, no one would have any reason to believe it because they have cried wolf too many times and have already been caught just doing frame-up jobs, including with what they did with the kidnapping plot of Governor Whitmer. They concoct these plots. They plant evidence. They've been caught doing this. And now they raid President Trump's home under what is no nothing short of an unconstitutional general warrant on a false premise and basically came up with nothing. Nothing that they claimed was found. Why? Because if it was, if they did find a single shred of evidence of a criminal act, of an uh, illegal act by President Trump, that would have already been leaked to the media. They would have already leaked to the media that document to be reported. And we would see inside sources confirm, and hey, there was a leak in which these documents were obtained. But the fact that they have yet to produce a single thing, a single shred of evidence, the fact that they are trying to keep the affidavit a secret and that they are wanting to do other things, uh, such as you know, um, oppose any move for an independent review of material seized from Trump, the fact that they are doing all of that is only evidence that they found nothing. All they managed to do was prove yet again what a corrupt and criminal organization the Democrats are and how the FBI has become nothing more than the Nazi SS. And if you haven't heard and were kind of wondering what I was talking about, yes, the U.S. government to oppose any move for independent review of material seized from Trump's lawyer as reported by the Epic Times. The U.S. government has informed former President Donald Trump's legal team that it will oppose any move for a so-called special master amid allegations that privileged materials were seized by federal agents from Trump's Florida resort. Trump's attorney gave the U.S. Department of Justice a heads up that they wanted to ask for a special master in the case. Now, remember, general search warrants are illegal. Warrants have to, by the Constitution, state the specific item that they are looking for and the place that they are looking for them in. Now, they just went in there and ransacked the entire Mar-a-Lago complex, right? The entire resort, even though they were claiming that the documents were in a specific room. They just raided everything. You know, they refused to show the search warrant to the attorneys who would easily have been able to spot how overly broad and unconstitutional it was as a general search warrant. And they refused to allow the attorneys to be present to be able to monitor and witness what the FBI was actually doing. But when you take a look at it, that they were looking for something specific. This is why you would have a general master, because if they're just 
taking everything in sight, then what they are taking is illegal for them to take in the sense that if it is a communication with an attorney or a lawyer, it is illegal for them to take it and read it, especially since there was nothing in the search warrant about the attorneys or communications with the attorneys. And so this is privileged information that by law, they cannot just raid and take, but they took it anyways. And they are trying to block what is done in any other case, any other normal case where a special master would be appointed in order to go through and take a look at all the documents seized and determine, well, this is what's relevant to the case or related to the case, this this document over here has nothing to do with what you were looking for in your search warrant. Therefore, you shouldn't be able to see it. Plus, it's privileged communication. But no, no, no. The Democrats don't want that. They wanted to go in, raid it, take everything, and then sift through everything in hopes of finding a crime. They do not want to be limited to what the warrant stated for them to do. They vastly exceeded what the Constitution allows in a warrant, and now they're trying to, you know, hope that they come up with something, you know, off of their fishing expedition. You only make a move to block a special master if the warrant was all bullshit to begin with, was all made up crap as nothing more than a justification to raid a place hoping and praying to find something when, in fact, you have nothing. And the Democrats aren't ashamed of what they did. They're not ashamed of being authoritarians. They're not ashamed of being the biggest source of misinformation and propaganda, rivaling that of any other dictatorship, such as Pravda and Russia, such as the Chinese Communist Party, or any other brutal dictator going back to, and even before, Adolf Hitler. They're not ashamed of any of it. They feel they are perfectly justified. Because they are so indoctrinated, so extreme, so radical, that they believe that anything in order to get what they want to do, which is the overthrow of the Constitution, is justified. It's all justified. And of course, they they want to blame the other side for engaging in the behaviors of the Democrats. And so you have a former CIA director says that the GOP is the most dangerous group around. And this is another one of those where they put a bunch of political hacks and liars at the top of government agencies who then use their positions to try and create a false sense of credibility in order to attack the political opponents of the Democrats. And you're supposed to believe what they say because they held a position. It doesn't matter that they only held it in order to give them a false sense of credibility for their propaganda. And so the article goes on to read, A new report indicates that foreign leaders are wary to trust the United States security apparatus due to a pattern of faulty information subject to political manipulation. A recent tweet from a former top member of the intelligence community implying the Republicans are worse than Islamic extremists and other radicals gives fodder to such beliefs. American intelligence is not considered to be a naturally reliable source. Uh, Francois Heisberg, a security expert and veteran advisor to French officials, 
told the Post. It was considered to be prone to political manipulation. Heisenberg's concern seemed to manifest themselves this week due to the former head of the Central Intelligence Agency and National Security Administration, General Michael Hayden. According to the Washington Post, our nation's allies doubt U.S. intelligence that Russia would invade Ukraine due to several previous failings like empathic U.S. claims about intelligence on Iraq. Others felt that President Joe Biden and the Pentagon had vastly overestimated the resilience of Afghanistan's government as the U.S. military was withdrawing, only to have the government collapse within days as the Taliban took over with ease. Hayden wants you to believe that the current Republican Party, which represents roughly 28% of registered voters, is the most nihilistic, dangerous, and contemptible force that has ever been seen. He agreed with a journalist who said as much Wednesday evening. Friday evening, Financial Times associate Edward Edward um, Luce tweeted, I've covered extremism and violent ideologies around the world over my career, have never come across a political force more nihilistic, dangerous, and contemptible than today's Republicans. Nothing close. And this is the Democrat Party. Now, they go off and believe that everything that they have done, all of the corruption, abuse of power, authoritarianism, constitutional violations, all of the propaganda is all justified because they view anybody who disagrees with them on anything as evil. Now, it doesn't matter that the Democrats are wrong on every single issue, proven to be wrong by the simple passage of time and the results of their actions, they have an undeserved confidence in their beliefs, an undeserved ego in their own rightness. They believe that they could do no wrong, that they have the answer to everything. And so anybody who gets in their way, who disagrees with them, is trying to prevent utopia and therefore are evil extremists. It doesn't matter that the Republicans actually hold traditional family values and belief systems that have been held for thousands of years. It doesn't matter that the Republicans believe in individual liberty and small government with little interference in our lives. Oh, no, 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 no. That's extremism. Freedom, liberty, the Constitution, the founding you know, principles of our country. That's extremism. And there has never been such an extreme force in the world. Not even the Nazis were as extreme as the Republican Party, they claim. Meanwhile, what's the Democrats? The Democrats believe that, you know, what you say is more important than what you do. The government should control every aspect of your life. You have no right to have accurate information. They believe in censorship and purging information that they don't want you to know. And they can't tell the difference between a boy and a girl. But no, 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 they're the centrists, according to them. You know, it, it, it shouldn't be a surprise to us that the Democrats are an extremist organization that resorts to violence and acts of terrorism. Remember Black Lives Matter and Antifa burning down neighborhoods for about a year in order to intimidate the country into getting what they want, or at least 
not looking into their election fraud. They, they engage in violence and propaganda in order to push an extreme ideology. They target the schools and any organization that had at one point in time an ounce of credibility in order to promote their propaganda. But no, 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 no. It's the other side that's the extremist. That's like, you know, Nazi and, the, and Adolf Hitler calling themselves the centrists. You know, extremists love to go off and try to claim the other side is the extremist, even when the other side is the centrist, the moderate, the traditional values, you know, the basic human, you know, human values, human nature, you know, however you want to call it. Democrats are violent extremists proven by their actions, and yet they want to convince you that they are anything but, and that all the violence is all about the greater good, as they as they believe they're the ones fighting evil. You know, there was a time when you know we were able to say that while Republicans you know realize that Democrats are generally good people with just bad ideas, and Democrats believe that Republicans are just bad people with. Actions speaking louder than words, at least as long as you believe actions speak louder than words, then you come to realize today's Democrat Party is just evil people, just horrible, wretched people. There is no redeeming quality to them whatsoever. They are a threat to freedom and democracy, at least the leadership. Their followers, their followers are just useful idiots, useful idiots who have no idea what's actually going on and no ability to think for themselves and no education to fall back on for figuring out how to research what is actually going on. They themselves, you can make the argument, are victims of an extremist organization's brainwashing. Whether you want to call it brainwashing, whether you want to call it ideological subversion, or trapped in an echo chamber of propaganda, their followers on the le- on the left are just in the end just useful idiots they're not evil people they're victims of the left they just don't know it's like stockholm syndrome while the left is of the most extreme they're right up there with al qaeda they're right up there with the taliban in fact if it wasn't for the second amendment they would be virtually indistinguishable and how they act and behave. Now, I would go as far as to say that when you look at the Democrat Party, almost every part of their platform, of what they believe, almost every part of it, 90-95% of it, is just lifted off of the Nazi Party. It's just lifted out of Nazi Germany. And yet, they want to think that they are the centrists, the intellectuals, the, the explorers of truth, which makes you wonder, has the propaganda been so effective that they've deluded even themselves? All right, so that's it uh, for this episode. I'd like to thank you so much for listening in. Uh, This show will be back again next Sunday. Thank you for listening, and hope to see you next week.